WTF, we're doing a podcast. I'm Nikki. And I'm Michelle. This is 50. Welcome to What the 50. Join us on our continued journey to simplify our lives. We will seek the answers from the experts and offer tips, tools, and techniques to live your life with confidence and joy. Are we ready? Let's go. Hi, Nikki. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm good. So today we have Stacy Hines, right? Somebody that uh, you've been following a lot. Mm-hmm. I have a couple years. Okay. Yeah, I'm really excited to have her on, um, and I know it's going to be an incredible session with her. I can imagine mm-hmm. because she has quite um, a story, a quite, quite story. A story, quite a journey. Right. So Stacey Hines is an author, speaker, executive, and the president of the JTDA, Jamaica's Technology and Digital Alliance. For her work in the field, she was recently selected as one of the top 50 Caribbean women in tech. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. In 2010, Stacey experienced a dramatic and tragic shift in what would have been considered the American dream life. She was diagnosed with breast cancer, thrust into relocating countries for the second time, separated from her husband, and battling clinical depression, all while being a tech exec and mothering three young children on her own. Wow. I know. The journey has begun. So this inspired her to write a memoir, which became a catalyst in creating multiple programs and products to help women avoid the challenges and life-threatening changes that she battled and survived. A business and leadership transformation expert and coach, Stacy recently founded Epic Transformation, a technology-focused workforce transformation company. She's also a podcast host of the Balanced Lady Boss show. She most recently published her personal photo memoir, Five Year Love Affair, and a deck of daily intention cards, and her intention is to help professional women to live, love, and lead holistically, so they can experience a deep sense of contentment, enjoy peace of mind, and avoid becoming stressed, sick, and toxic. Wow. So Stacy has a lot of things going on, including her book, mm-hmm. her podcast, and, and her, her cards. And her cards. cards. And we'll have links for everything in our show notes. For sure. So let's get going. I'm so excited. Okay, Yay. here we go. Here we go. Welcome, Stacy. We're so happy to have you. I wish all our listeners could actually see you because you're just <laughs> so beautiful. I mean, your beauty oh, you. just shines every single time I look at your pictures and I will, I'm not using the word stop, right? But every time I look at your Instagram page, I see all these beautiful photos and the red lipstick and the flowing dresses. I just, stalker. <laughs> She's I, a stalker. I just, I just, oh, well, you will go on and see too. I just love you, Stacey. Really, I do. I do. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here and I feel already, even though we're virtual, I'm just sensing that we have an aligned energy. So I'm really looking forward to having this conversation. And thank you so much for the compliment. I'm very humbled. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to have you. So Stacey, maybe you could start off by telling us a little bit about your journey to where you're at now. Okay. Um, Well, I think... um, it's, it's always interesting what comes up for me when I'm asked to tell about my journey, because I, 
I, I feel like I've had so many different and interesting paths to my current becoming, right? And I call it current because I feel like that's always happening. <laughs> um, and I feel that since we're talking primarily to women and primarily to women who are um, more mature or have experienced different things in life, I think we can start off with me realizing um, who I wanted to be in life. And that started probably when I was in my um, early 30s. Actually, when I hit 30, um, I was very shocked at the number. It felt so big and so old and so like, what is happening? Uh, at that point, I was um, married. I had um, my son and... Um, I, I think I also had my first daughter, if I remember correctly. Yes. So I was married. I had two children and um, a son and a, a daughter. And I had um, my master's degree. And I was working with, um, at the time, Macy's Systems and Technology um, in Atlanta. And I was living in a beautiful five-bedroom house um, on a lake in a very quiet subdivision Perfect life. Um, and yeah, and I was, um, I had great friends, you know, and a, a very tight family community. Um, and I was approaching a space that I had never really come into before, which was realizing that, okay, you've created this life, but this is not actually what you want, right? This is what you were told you would want. Of mm -hmm. course. But this ain't it, girl, right? <laughs> um, and that happened, I would say, between 30 and 34 when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and also had asked for a separation from my now ex-husband and had moved countries twice and was um, getting ready to move mm -hmm. again. Okay. So... Um, <laughs> I would say that that period, and I've never actually looked at it this way, between 30 and 34 was almost like my, what I call the rude awakening. For some people, they just call it an awakening. Mine was very rude. <laughs> it just butteen, you know, it never have no mercy. <laughs> um, um, it was what I would call my rude awakening. And also the best worst time of my life. Okay. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually ended up with um, a third child in that period um, that wasn't planned and was definitely unexpected because I was already in a state of overwhelm, I feel. And um, when my third child came, I had another daughter. Um, I just really lost all sense of myself. I was definitely on the hamster wheels, mm -hmm. felt like multiple. Um, my ex and I were more functional than um, fiery, you know, okay. mm -hmm. and um, I was really unhappy, felt a lot of stress, a lot of pressure to be everything for everybody. Oh, yes. Hadn't learned the skills of putting myself first. Didn't know anything about self-awareness. And well, I mean, I had been exposed to it because I'd actually read Eckhart Tolle's book by then. Um, but I didn't 
um, a new earth when he was on Oprah with it. And I was a huge Oprah fan still am, but I, I didn't really understand consciousness connected to selfness, self-awareness, beingness, none of that ness was in my, in my space. Right. And, um, what my what I call it is a life collapse. What the life collapse did for me was it forced me to stop. Mm-hmm. Everything had to stop, right? Um, so my husband and I had a, a really bad fight that ended up in me asking for the divorce in the middle of it. And then after that, we separated. And while we were um, separated, I found the lump um, wow. In my, in my, it was actually my chest area, uh, but there's breast tissue in your chest, right? Um, and uh, at the same time, the company, I had moved to Jamaica okay. um, to try to see about, you know, what life would be like living in Jamaica um, after being away since I was a child, migrating relatively young. So I had just moved and then just as everything was just falling apart. And, um, and then the company that I moved to help get acquired got acquired and I was now moving to Canada. Um, And so it was a bit of an upheaval in a very short space of time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just wondering, you know, and I I was reading over my, my book the other days, a line in my book. And I I just saw myself again, Mm -hmm. that I was just moving along with it. Mm-hmm. I was in such a default mode. I was not present. I, I mean, all the stuff is happening and you know it's happening and you're having the emotional responses and stuff, but you're just going along. Yeah. Like autopilot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and where the stopping started was when I had my first round of surgery. So for me, cancer occurred to me as something I needed to deal with like a project okay i just need to finish the deliverables <laughs> so that I, could, I could move on right um and um the first place that the stopping started was after i had had my mastectomy so i did that surgery in jamaica okay um and i um was home for six weeks and this is of course in the middle of an actual relocation project where we're moving the entire team that's in Jamaica to Canada or some of the team to Canada. And I was originally responsible for that project. Now, you know, when you have these big projects that you're responsible, the high stakes ones, and then you have to hand it off to somebody and you're a, um, a high performance type A personality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. That don't go so well, you know, in your mind you're <laughs> over there. <laughs> right. Um, but essentially that's, where I was, I was sitting in them telling me not to call, not to, they, they didn't want me checking emails, just leave it. Right. And so I was home drinking um, ganja tea that my helper <laughs> was making for me and taking visitors and healing slowly. Mm-hmm. And um, it was hard. It of was course. hard and it was very painful. Mm-hmm. I'm actually... In more ways than once, Stacey. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, my ex had actually come back to for us to try to work things out in his way, and I was just not there. I was like, okay. "Listen, dude, I'm dying." So, 
I can't think about you right now, you know, and that was difficult. <laughs> Not taking on that project, right? Yeah, that project isn't happening. And that was difficult too, because he wanted to, I think, show up in some way and I needed him in another way. And it was just, we were just not in a good place okay. at the time. Um, and then the kids, you know, um, I think Victoria was two, I think Gabby, Victoria's two, Gabby was probably five and Jelani would have been like um, 11. Wow. Stacey, I can't imagine. I can't imagine I either. Imagine. <laughs> Type A personality or not. I cannot yeah. imagine how yeah. you're handling all of those things all of which are life-changing at the same time. Remarkable. You're incredible. Thank you. Amazing. (laughs) You're absolutely um, tricky. You make me kind of teary-eyed, you know, Stacey. What's wrong (laughs) here? (laughs) (laughs) To navigate. Um, And actually, I think it was the children that really allowed me to access the thinking about myself. Mm-hmm. Right. And not about the project that I had created as cancer. Right. Because it dawned on me, like when you have a two-year-old looking up at you. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it really brings you present because they're just fully present all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm just happy. <laughs> yeah. And it was difficult to say, mommy can't hold you or mommy can't pick you up or, you know, cause she was just not getting it. She wants to crawl in the bed. She wants to, you know, of course. Um, and so during that period, I think was the first stopping, um, but it didn't last because you're in habit mode, right? You've been trained. I trained myself to be right. a mm-hmm. certain persona de- delivering, you know, certain things for everybody else, et cetera. But I bumbled my way through it in terms of, you know, determining that I, I, I felt better going back to the States for any other treatment just based on what was available on the island. And so I went back home to Atlanta um, and I was separated from my children during that time. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, also had to be figuring out how I was going to transition to Canada because the, our transition date was actually supposed to be September because we wanted to have our teams there so that the families and everything could start school and all of that would be a bit of a seamless transition. But with my cancer blip, my kids had to stay in Jamaica with my family, okay. which I'm so grateful for, you know, the Jamaica, we always have that support, support system. Mm-hmm. Yes. Village, um, <laughs> the village. Um, yeah. And no matter what we have to say about the burial families, let me tell you, it is like <laughs> Island life is good for that <laughs> you know, support. Is. It yeah. is, you know, it's great support. Um, so I went to Atlanta um, and I, at that point, my marriage was quite un, unstable. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to see if we could transition to Canada and figure it out there. Okay. Um, but that didn't happen. He decided that he wasn't going to come to Canada. Okay. Um, so even though we had done all the preparation work, for him to be there. Um, he decided that he wasn't going to, and he chose to come back to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stayed in Atlanta, some of it with his family, actually, because we were still very close. And, um, and I, I started my treatment path. Now they wanted me to do everything because of my age. I was only 34 at the time mm-hmm. and I had done all the things right. I had breastfed all the kids. I was a yogi. Uh, I ate relatively well, you know, um, I didn't, I wasn't smoking. I was, um, 
uh, more of a casual social drinker. So, you know, all the things that are supposed to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that I, I learned about um, terminal illnesses or any kind of critical illnesses is that you don't know most of it. You know what's on surface, but when you get into the room with the doctor, you start finding out about all these, oh, this percentage of patients also show. And that right, percentage, right. you know, you hear all the Those other things. Yeah. Yes. So I was in the other statistics mm-hmm. and um, a, a part of that whole, you know, we have to treat you with everything because you're so young and you're an right. unlikely candidate right. ended up with us, um, with us looking at the multiplicity of things. So the mastectomy was first step. There was chemo, there was radiotherapy, um, mm-hmm. and then there would have been um, hormonal therapy treatment. Mm-hmm. Now, in my fear of taking on um, all of it, mm-hmm. after doing my mastectomy, I had actually started to drink my pee. Right. Um, through this. Drink your an, pee? Uh, yeah. For three, yes. Was it three, three, week, three weeks? Three months. Yeah. Three months. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I had... Um, I had, you know, in Jamaica, them just have all these different people that <laughs> serve and sell all different things. And there was a nurse that actually had a practice built up around um, urology and um, urine therapy. And, and it was essentially an herbal treatment that had you saw you drink the first pee in the, in the morning for us. Yeah, for a certain period of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I, I did that for a little while. You're right, it was actually three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by that time, I was transitioning back to Atlanta and I actually ended up working with my um, a nutritionist. Right, okay. And, um, and he ended up, um, I think, just helping with, maybe centering me a little bit more around what I know to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what I know to be nutrition, I had worked with him when I was living in Atlanta before with my third pregnancy, because I had very difficult pregnancies okay. and it was by far one of my best because he, he helped me with, you know, what I needed to put it in my system and all the rest of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was actually very helpful because once I started working with him and exploring alternative medicine, mm-hmm. I started to learn about um, non-traditional options to actually managing um, my health yes. and managing okay. the different things that I was doing as far as more self-care related as opposed to, um, you know, just trying to get rid of the disease. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a distinction more, more because I think, yeah, lifestyle more changes. long-term lifestyle change, mm-hmm. lifestyle um, adjustments, as opposed to treating the symptom as well as maybe what is the cause, which is what, you know, medicine, traditional medicinal therapies. About. It was all about you. Uh, it was all, all about you exactly. as a person and not exactly. about you. Exactly. An and through, For sure. and through that, I actually learned a bit about um, my personality and how I was showing up, which created, you know, cancer as a part of my life because I was living in such a high stress rate. Mm. Um, So I spent a lot of time just talking to him um, and identifying toxicity in my life, toxic relationships, um, toxic habits, things that were not serving me. Love that. And I, 
Yeah, yeah. And through that, it became more about the whole me as opposed to to just um, the disease. So I tried different things like acupuncture and massage therapy. Um, I started to more um, intentionally explore meditation and mindfulness thinking. And then I also went for my physical treatment, I was doing, um, I went liquid vegan. So I was taking on veganism, but through liquids only. And that's what I did for three months, Mm. um, where he would cook for me every day, predominantly soups and juices, and he would bury different herbs in the liquids. And I would be using that to help me with my healing. And the reason why it only lasted for three months is because I had to move to Canada (laughs) because (laughs) while all of this is happening, I still have work of and course. You know, all of that. Right. So um, I did, I did my, I did that and I did radiation. Okay. And, um, and then at the end of my radiation treatment, I moved to Canada and I always tell the joke that the first piece of furniture I bought was my Vitamix. <laughs> <laughs> That was food. That was where food was coming from. And I moved to Canada and I didn't have anything. Um, Going through a a separation and a divorce is is quite financially debilitating Um, when you don't have a set nest egg, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't, you know, and um, and so moving to Canada was challenging and the package that the company gave us really wasn't sufficient. I didn't know that Canada's lifestyle was actually a bit more expensive than U.S. I thought it was pretty much the same, um, but it wasn't. It's actually um, a bit higher, I would say, in terms of cost. And so just thinking about preparation and what was actually needed to transition was I don't think I was well prepared or well versed in doing that. Um, so I moved up, took a few weeks to get myself sorted, slept on an airbed for a while, had my one plate, my one fork, my kitchen, <laughs> like just basic things. And because it was just me at the time, um, it was okay. But then about two months in, I really started to miss my children. Mm-hmm. And I wanted them with me to my mother's chagrin. She was so concerned about me still treating the cancer, mm-hmm. being in this place by myself with no family. Mm-hmm. And then now I want the kids, but I needed an anchor to get me off the floor of the bathroom crying every night Um, and so the kids were that for me kids came back and after three years of rebuilding myself in Canada I decided I couldn't stay there any longer Mm -hmm. Um, and I had to choose whether I was going to go back to Atlanta or Florida which I had lived where I'd lived before or come back to Jamaica and with Mm -hmm. Just me and the kids um, and knowing I needed that support system, I chose to to come to Jamaica. And it's been eight years now. Wow. Yeah. Back home. <laughs> no place like home. Yes. So it's been an interesting um, experience. I would say I have definitely become a different person. I am a better version of myself. Um, I'm living way more on my terms um, mm-hmm. than I ever thought possible. Um, but what I certainly believe is available to all of us as women and what we should actually stand for and demand for ourselves. And so in having that desire to help other women um, to access that, I started to um, somewhat unwillingly at first share 
Okay. You know, um, because I too was very accustomed to being behind the scenes, right. um, be playing more of a support role in my corporate, corporate life. Um, and in many ways, denying my power, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I also am clear though, that in order for me to step fully into my authentic power, I had to become a new version. That new version of myself had to emerge uh, so that I could truly be on purpose mm-hmm. and feel at service to the life I want to live, you know? Wow. Goosebumps. Like For seriously. Sure. Yes, literally. Yes. Literally. I just, your story, Stacy, is wow. I don't even know what to say. Thank you. And to see you standing here with such, um, such power now. Yes. Such mm-hmm. power and grace. That's a, that's mm-hmm. those are the only words and I can come to. Joy as well, exactly. Because you're always <laughs> smiling, and I mean, everyone needs to know the story behind that smile. And there was this turning point in your life, mm-hmm. and that's how you're now able to influence others and empower others. Yes, for sure. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, and a real smile. Like I don't. You know, when we when we started and you guys asked how I was you know, off off air. I mean, I do that. I don't ever show up and I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. That just yes, yes. That just does because that's the authentic that you. That's the real you. That's the real you. Yeah, absolutely. We love it. We love it, Stacy. <laughs> For sure. So starting back now, you came back to Jamaica and you've been now here for eight years. And Stacy has like among her like professional life she mm-hmm. has three exciting other projects going on at the same time her personal projects yes. right yes. so her first one is your book yes so can you tell us a little bit about your book sure and i do want to qualify my personal projects because one of the things i think that happens to a lot of us as women is that we are often you know, doing what we think we're supposed to do, the working or the momming or the both uh, wifing or whatever it is. And then we have projects, right? Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily have companies and um, businesses or missions that we're on, right? And so it, this, these things did start off as projects. However, what has emerged over the last three years is that I've actually created a company called Epic Transformation, and it has two arms. It has a social impact arm, which is where all the things that we're going to focus on today are housed, and I'm going to be making that into um, a nonprofit next year because I really do want to formalize and put some structure and get some support for it. Mm -hmm. And then there is the business side of Epic, which focuses on digital workforce transformation, which is really about strategy and, um, and learning for, for um, today's leader, helping with transitioning in the digital world. Wow. So, so that's what I'm building to really be my next thing that looks beyond working every day for somebody, mm-hmm. right? Of course. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about, about course, sharing excited that. Too, especially at a time <laughs> like this. We need yes. that. Yes. For sure. Um, so my book was actually what um, started my social impact journey. And the book came about in a very strange way. I never, I shouldn't say I never thought about being an author. I used to write short stories and poems in high school. 
Okay. And I thought about doing that at one point. I was like, oh, I should write a book that has all these shorts. And they were always very romantic because I was such a romantic. I'm still so much of a romantic. <laughs> always some kind of romantic story, right? Or um, goth, very gothic poems and, and so forth. Um, and I was a big letter writer. So I used to write love letters um, to my, my, my boyfriend when I was, um, before we got married, who was my high school sweetheart. So I used to write him love letters and all of that stuff. So I thought I was going to write, you know, um, but then when, by the time I got into adulting and all the responsibilities that totally fell off. And, um, and then when I was going through my cancer journey, I went into right before I had my reconstructive uh, surgery, I actually went to a store and to pick up, they give you all these accessories to help you restructuring your chest and special bras, etc. And I went into the, the store and I just ended up talking to the, the owner and just talking. And she was like, you know, you should do a book about your journey. Yeah. And I was like, no, I was mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to be taking some pictures of myself because, you know, I think it's important for my kids to understand, especially I have two girls, whatever. She's like, oh, you should make it a photo book. I was like, lady, you are crazy. <laughs> this is not happening. Well, voila. Here we are. Eight years later, it is a photo memoir. <laughs> Sometimes you have to follow those little breadcrumbs. Of course. Um, of course. Full of synchronicities, our life is. <laughs> yes. And, um, and it is a story of um, um, my life from I was a child born in Jamaica um, to when I migrated and just kind of the American dream life that I created to the collapse of that life and then the reconstruction which a lot of it is really taking, took place over um, the first five years of, of um, I suppose you'd say, finding out who I was being and who I was becoming. So between 2010 and 2015, which would include the diagnosis, moving to Canada, and then choosing to move back to Jamaica. Lots of things have happened in the last, in five years. Since then, I have another one. I forgot to sit down and properly put that (laughs) together. Hence the title of your book. Yes, Five Year Love Affair. Yes. um, Catching. Yes. Thank you. Love Affair is all about. It's a love affair Um, with Stacey. Yes, that's absolutely what it's about. And it's a love affair that I think we all need to take on, hopefully not with as much darkness, right, to find that space for love. But I don't think we spend enough time loving ourselves. Choosing I, agree. Deliberately. I agree. We don't give ourselves permission. You know? We don't give ourselves permission to love ourselves because we're so busy mm-hmm. loving everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, in our own Jamaican culture, we're taught that not yeah. to be selfish right you know um but there's nothing selfish about that in fact we're being selfish if we don't love ourselves and right. if we don't Absolutely. love ourselves first we can't really authentically love someone else right I we have to put ourselves first I love yeah and so <laughs> and that's what that's ultimately what the, i'm looking over because it's 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 sitting here beside me um mm-hmm. it's it's what this book is all about and it talks about in very in a very vulnerable way, just the the shit show that my life was. It mm-hmm. talks about my marriage. It talks about the breakdown of that, and it talks about um, a guy that I was uh, had once that I really loved. That we never really explored that um, relationship. Who was in prison, and that's where I used to write my letters wow. to mm-hmm. as I was going through my challenges with cancer. It was like my my secret source of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I write about depression and my, my, my ex- experience with mental illness and not understanding what that was and um, really embracing mental illness as something that is normal for many people, but, but left undiagnosed. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, of course, talking about really more the way the book um, culminates is with me recognizing that I was now stepping into a new me mm-hmm. and um, and what that was, that journey, looking forward to that journey. So it has poems in there. It has the letters that I wrote to, wow, to the I guy. Love it has, and the pictures. Okay. And the pictures, you know. So, so have uh, you actually launched your book yet? Because I think you're going to do something last year. I was yes. listening to you on your epic anniversary in April last year. And I think yes. you had mentioned um, yes. launching the book. Did you actually get a chance to launch it? <laughs> I did not. I had a whole art gallery launch planned because I figured it has oh. pictures. It'd be cool to do that. And I, the only thing I was able to do was just the virtual soft launch. I wasn't okay. able to actually have an event. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I really believe that the story is yet to be told. And I feel there are lots of women still out there to benefit from the book because it's not just about cancer. It's actually about women. Yes, of course, yes, life. life challenges that mm-hmm. we face and overcoming those things and the feelings that go along with it, the guilt, the shame, the blame, the things that hold us together, the girlfriends, the family, our children, you know? So, so I, I think one of the things that I, I'll be looking to do when I actually go through the proper launch process mm-hmm. is to make sure I position it as a book about life and course, um, thriving great. beyond beyond challenges for women specifically. But, so, but you know, sorry, let me just add okay. to this really quickly. My takeaway from all this though, Stacey, is that along came this breast cancer diagnosis, but your life still had to go on. You had your three mm-hmm. children, you had your move to Canada. I mean, for some of us on the outside, we think that we just, you can just focus on this diagnosis and just deal with breast cancer. You are dealing with so many things all at the same time. I mean, absolutely. We, we have to be mindful and, you know, of, of so much that goes on in, in one's life after diagnosis. There is yes. no way you can just focus on one thing because the world doesn't stop spinning. Of course. No. And, and not just for on us. The other side of it, telling yeah, your story you know? with a big <laughs> smile, with your red lipstick, and you are thriving. You're more than thriving. What's the kind of word that goes beyond thriving? Because you're more than Yes, thriving. yes. You're more Maybe than Maybe that's thriving. the name of the next book. The name of the next book is Beyond Thriving. Oh, what right, happened okay. after, there you what go. Happened there you after go. the love affair? <laughs> so Stacey, even yes. though you haven't had your big launch, which you will yes. be coming up yes. with, if somebody wanted to get your book now, where can they get it? So it's available on Amazon. Okay. Um, just five, the number five year love affair. And um, if you're on Instagram, there's actually a book page that I'm going to be rejuvenating. Okay, Um, I did. I did a story. It's essentially you can go there and get a feel for the story right now. Oh, I love that. Yeah, at five year love affair, um, the number five, not the word five. And, um, and that gives you a, a flow of the experience and also the link to purchase it on Amazon. So when I'm getting ready to start the launch efforts, I'll be going back to the page and, you know, just doing things on the page itself. And your excerpts on your Instagram page, your I am Stacey Hines page, your excerpts are there too. 
which gives you yes. a feel of what the book is all about. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But definitely we can get it on Amazon if we need to get our hands on it now. Yes. If you need to get your hands on it now, it's available on Amazon. So we're going on Amazon after this. Of course. <laughs> so that leads us up into something that I'm really excited about, your affirmation cards. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. those. Oh, my babies. <laughs> so, so actually, after writing the book, um, I was trying to get it published through um, a, both a traditional, um, I was trying to get it published both through a traditional means as well as through um, self-publishing, but I was doing self-publishing with support. And um, what ended up happening actually was I was having a lot of challenges with the publishing house because it's a memoir. And so there are some publishing houses, depending on the content, they have a lot of restrictions. And, and so what ended up happening is I started to lose my excitement around the story. And I started to actually feel like I couldn't publish this book. There was something wrong with my story. Right. Maybe I needed to, you know, think about what I was doing. Oh, my God, I can't put all of this out there. And in the midst of that, I'm a, an avid reader and I follow different teachers. Um, Gary Zukav, Wayne Dyer, Oprah, um, lots of lots of different teachers and I was reading um, a few books. I was actually visiting um, with my son in in Florida at the time because he was going off to university. And I was listening to Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after listening to that book, I was like, there's no way I'm not publishing mine. I have to get my, you know, I was just feeling all pumped up. And, um, and then right after that, I was reading Oprah's book, What I Know For Sure, which is a culmination of her um, different editorial segments mm-hmm. from the O magazine over a period of years. Mm-hmm. And she also is um, big on intentions and mindfulness and what the power of the why behind your thoughts and the why behind your actions. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening to this book and she was talking about the power of intention and the way that that actually changed her entire life. So she found Gary Zukav in 1989, I think it was, or 85 or 89. And when she found him and the book, she just latched on to this concept of intention, which is really understanding why you do things and stopping to question yourself. Why am I going to make that phone call? Why am I going to take this action? Like she just literally started to ask more deeply And she said that that is what is actually the source for all her success. That's why Oprah ran for 25 years. That's why she became a a billionaire. That's why, you know, because Mm -hmm. she started focusing on intentions. I said, but wait, I'm on this journey. I need to become a billionaire. How do I get latched (laughs) on to this intention thing? So I really got into the idea of it. And I found out that one of my teachers that I followed anyway, Wayne Dyer, was dubbed the father of intentions. And then I went and I read, he had a whole book on it. And I became obsessed. You know how they say that when you find that thing that's going to be your thing, you become obsessed with it. You can't stop thinking about it. You sleep, you dream, you're what, right? And I started to want to share what I was finding out about intention. And I was trying to figure out how do I get it out to people? So I came up with a page. Let's just put it out on a on an IG page. Everybody's on IG. Okay, maybe I should write a book about intention instead of writing my memoir. And I started to jot down things to put in a book. And this became just like an everyday thing. Every morning I'd be waking up and in my meditation, I would come out with 
and thought that I figured would be a good intention. Like, how do I get people to think thoughts that are going to help them mm-hmm. as opposed to get, you know, cont- because we're trained to think thoughts that are negative. We're right. trained to identify the things that we don't like, the things that we struggle with, which is normal. But the challenge with that is just that it attracts more of that stuff. Yes. Right. Yes. Of course. yes. So we have to actively program ourselves in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that's what I decided I wanted to do. And then somehow I, um, I attracted Gabby Bernstein's cards and I was like, oh, you can Love do cards. Those. They, have, <laughs> they have cards. Like, how do you make cards? <laughs> was like, and then I went down the rabbit hole of cards and then somehow magically um, they came and I have never experienced anything quite like that. I've worked on projects. I've done good work for companies, but I've never birthed anything other than children. Mm-hmm. Even my book was a project that I worked on and worked hard at. The cards came through me and I feel that from the people that interact with them. I have not had one person purchase a deck of cards that has not told me they are magical. Mm-hmm. I love not that. one. Love that. Yeah. Those are from your meditational downloads that you yes. were able to birth those cards. Love it. Yes. And, yes. In words, and in the words of Stacy, joy flows where your attention goes. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. That. that is absolutely right. So the cards, um, there's actually a card page um, at my epic intentions, and that's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm actively right now, I actually have the the um, designs and the the, the um, drawings and everything done for a kid's deck. Oh, um, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm making that into a game, like a match game. Yeah. Um, and I also have a journal that I have finished designing and that actually I just um, launched on Amazon. Um, and what I'm hoping to do, if I can still figure it out before um, the end of November, is I'm looking to have those available, the cards and the journal in particular, as Christmas gifts, because I just think yes. it's just the ideal package to give away. Mm-hmm. But um, so, so I see intentions expanding um, into more of those tools, because where I struggled with intention was trying to figure out how to do it. Because, you know, mm-hmm. we want to know how well, how you do it. Of right? course, mm-hmm. I um, agree. And it's more than just the intentions. It's more than just the affirmation statements. Mm-hmm. You have to really ma- embed this as a way of life. Of course. Um, creating the, the life you want is a way of life. The actions will the action come from is. that. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, what I'm going to ask you now, where can we get to buy these Epic Intention card decks? Right. So the Epic Intention cards are available also on Amazon. You can actually, they're very Googleable. If you Google Epic intention cards, they typically float up to the top, um, but they are available on Amazon. And if you are in Jamaica, if you go to the the Epic Intentions page at my Epic Intentions, um, you can order them from from there. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Great. I love that. So Mm -hmm. on to our next one. And that's the podcast. Yes. Mm -hmm. Stacey's podcast. (laughs) Let's talk about them, Stacey. And and I I just, I love the, the, um, the casualness, the ease of it. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. I, I like it. Yeah. I like the way you're doing Thank it. Thank you. Thank I feel you. Like yeah. so, when I listen to you, I feel like you're talking to me. Talking to you. Mm-hmm. Good. That's exactly what I was going to <laughs> I like, Yeah. I, I quite enjoy doing it. something right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, right. 
So essentially, um, the podcast came about as so funny. I was actually looking to do a course mm, um, okay. to help women access more balance. And that did come out of the, the book and, um, and the cards. It's like, how do I zone in on more tools for these women? Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be for professional women um, or um, moms, you know, full-time moms, anybody that has a life with multiple aspects of things going on. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I wanted it to be that niche is because I feel that there are more and more of us evolving into that space, whether it's at our own demand or because we feel that society is pushing us in that direction or pulling us in that direction. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that there are enough tools out there to help us with the doing of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Balancing who we are being and how we're doing with that beingness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the Balanced Lady Boss evolved as originally it was supposed to be a course and, um, and I wanted to sell the course. And so I said, I'm going to do a podcast to do that. Um, a whole side of my life, my professional life is with um, digital marketing. And so I have a lot of those skill sets under my belt and, um, and I actually have a course coming up <laughs> to help with MSMEs with that same space of mm-hmm. bringing their businesses online, designing funnels, et cetera. And this was my own funnel of getting people into my community of women like you, like you are my ideal, my target. I audience. need to do that course, by the way, I'm going to ask you to tell us more about that. Yeah, course. but that's another podcast. <laughs> um, and so, so the Balanced Lady Boss podcast came around, um, I would say it was October of 2018 that I initially launched it. And it started out with just me and my phone on Anchor mm-hmm. and um, because I wanted to just start. Of course. And it was great conversations that I was having with myself because I love to chat. I could chat all day. And, um, and in having those great conversations with myself, I was like, oh, this could be so much more. And I was like, and I want it to be about all of us. I don't want it to just be about work because I find that we're too safe in our conversations. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about all the things that Stacey talks about. And Stacey talks about work. She talks about leading people. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. talks about being an entrepreneur, starting businesses. She also talks about sex. And mm-hmm. uh, I like talking about sex. I like talking about women and how we relate to our sexuality, our sensuality, and why we feel that we should be ashamed of it and mm-hmm. why I never was and never will be. And mm-hmm. why, you know, why we can, we can talk about things like our sexuality at the same time that we're talking about our relationship with our children and mm-hmm. our relationship with our parents, whether they're good or bad. Um, and I also want to make sure we're talking about self-care and how we are um, living our lives and taking care of our bodies so that we can show up great for the other areas. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how do I bucket those things? And then I came up with boardroom, bedroom bliss. So Stoic. I cover all things Everything. boardroom all things bedroom and all things bliss. And in the bedroom space, it's anything intimate that we always feel very protective and vulnerable around. Exactly. Um, so your intimate relationships, relationship with the kids, family, friends, etc. And then in bliss, it's all about the self-care routines and um, ways that we take care of our mind, body, and soul. Mm-hmm. So love that. that's the balance, lady it. boss. I love it. Bedroom. <laughs> yes. Boardroom. Boardroom and bliss. And bliss. Love okay. it. Yes. And your podcast can be found on? Everywhere that podcasts are heard. Um, oh, I am perfect. on Apple, Spotify, everywhere. 
So, okay. Yeah. Very accessible. We can find you. Yes. Love that. So as always, we like to wrap up our podcast with tips from our guests. So what do you think would be some tips that you could give our listeners in just living like, wow, you, you living an awesome life like you, you've had like a pretty incredible life and have, wow, I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm, speechless. Um, Stacy. I've, <laughs> I've heard your story before, but actually seeing you tell the story that with all the emotions that are involved is, and, and because you're so authentic with it, um, it, it has taken me to, I'm not getting tear-eyed again. Um, <laughs> because the, she's inspirational. Yes, I think she's so like so everything that we yes. want to be, you know? Inspirational, <laughs> yeah. just everything. For sure. And Thank you so um, much, guys. You know, we're just, we're just in, enamored by you. Yes, for sure. Totally, mm-hmm. you know. And one of our Thank big things so too is that we really want to change the dialogue around women and mm-hmm. women and really, yeah learn to be supportive because oftentimes yes. I think our generation has been competitive. Yes. It's yeah. from, yes. We come from Terrible a place adult. of scarcity where men are scarce, yeah. position yes. and power are scarce. Yes. I don't know yes. why we have to be like this. So we really yeah. want to change that. And that really, narrative has to be changed. For sure. And Absolutely. And we do I hope that persons that, that will listen to us, listen to this podcast, listen to your story, will understand that it can happen. And we mm-hmm. can support each other and we can live in, um, in, in harmony while we're supporting each other as women. Of course. Absolutely. And um, well, I know I, I, I shared a couple of tips with you guys, but the, the, there's definitely a couple of them that are, I, I would say, the top um, item that I would want to share. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is um, continuous leaning and learning. Okay. And, um, leaning for me means leaning into the discomfort mm. because the truth is that life does not happen in the comfort zone. It just does not. I mean, a default experience of life can, um, and many are okay with that. But if you are truly seeking to explore who you are and the possibility of who you can become at any given point, then leaning is where it's at. And what I like about leaning is that no matter what you're leaning into, no matter what kind of discomfort you're leaning into, whether it's a career discomfort, um, a love life discomfort, a parenting discomfort, a, a lifestyle adjustment discomfort, there is always something available to help you on that journey, which is where the learning comes in. Of course. When you are reinventing yourself, you need to be open to learning. You know, if you aren't open to learning and relearning and even unlearning mm-hmm. some of the things that no longer serve you, then you will sit in that default space. And not live. Yeah, and not live. Yeah. So that leaning and learning, I think, is really, is really in, um, important. And, um, and then the second piece that I, I think I really want to make sure that I leave with um, your listeners is the in-spiritual. And this has, I think, been the biggest anchor for my change. So for my life transformation and what I usually teach um, anybody that I coach or any of the um, life lessons that I share on my different platforms, it's always in-spiritual. 
And what that means is I take inspired thinking, inspired um, actions, inspiring teachers and tools, and allow those learnings to guide me um, through different rituals, right? So I'm big on my morning ritual. Mm -hmm. I now have a nighttime ritual. I'm even trying to develop a midday ritual. (laughs) But the reason why these rituals are so important, I never thought I'd be a person talking about rituals. Like, you know, it feels almost ancient. But the truth is the reason why we have these stories of ancient rituals that we kind of, you know, um, they're more mytholic, mytholog- mythological than anything else. It's because rituals are the ways of programming ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we went through default rituals when we landed. We came into um, homes with parents that had a particular way that they saw life. We went to schools with teachers that had a particular way that mm-hmm. say, you know, they may have gone to a church. So you have been ritualized. Mm-hmm even if you didn't realize that you have been ritualized and that programming is what you exhibit as the life you've created, Mm -hmm. whatever you picked up in that, in those rituals is what you're experiencing now. And if you have areas in your life that are gaps for you, that aren't the best experience of yourself, and you are guaranteed to having the best experience. There's no reason why there's no, oh, that's just life. No, life is actually meant to be amazing and beautiful and abundant and blissful and great. And just, yeah, it's meant to be like that. I know, I trust, I know it for sure without a shadow of a doubt, right? So if you have a gap in an area, it is not a gap that is there to leave you feeling unhappy. It's just there to help you understand what you actually want. It's Mm -hmm. there to show you this is a space I need to create some inspiration for the life I actually want. Mm -hmm. And so I need to go find a ritual that will help me to create this new thing. Wow. That aligns nicely with your intent with intentions. Of course. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, Stacy, you know, um, in this fair, (laughs) there are these people that, that I don't know if you've ever heard this term called expanders. Mm-hmm. where you look at this person and they are somebody that is going to expand your world and push you mm-hmm. to be greater. And, and that's you. Definitely you. That's mm-hmm. you. I loved having this conversation with you. And well, I'm literally, I, I, I think I we could have, I think the glass of wine after this. I think so. I think yeah. we could have been talking to her <laughs> all day. Yes. We don't even want to end this. But we, we don't <laughs> even want to, there has to be a part two. Yeah. We'll have to have, have to come two. back. I'll we'll come have to have it over sure. wine. Maybe yeah, we're going to have to have it over wine or tea or whatever it takes, but we just need to have another yes. one. We need to have it for on sure. again. For sure. Stacey, I'm telling you. Thank you entire, so much. My entire body feels that something has shifted. Not just my oh, mind, happy. but my whole body. Mish, something has shifted. Just I love speaking. that for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is awesome. Awesome. Yes, for yes. sure. This is and great. Thanks, I was happy to thank be you here. so much. So, Absolutely, no problem. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Great, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of What the Fifty. Please show your love and encouragement by sharing, subscribing, and leaving a review wherever you're listening. And don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram. And please join our active Facebook group at what.the50.